Why, hello there. Welcome to the Hey OK Ha Happy Hour. I'm your host. My name is Matthew Paul Snyders. You can call me MP for short. You can call me Matt or Matthew. I don't give a shit what you call me because I can't hear you. Hey, guys, welcome to the Hey OK Ha Happy Hour. Uh, number 20. Don't think we're up so fast. What are you drinking? Cheers to you, whatever it is you are drinking. Let me take a little sippy sip first. Sippy sip. Oh, so smooth. So, so smooth. Uh, I am drinking Templeton Rye. I'm drinking alcohol on a podcast. Oh my God, this is going to get ugly. My speech is going to get even more slurry than it already is. Ah, I figured uh, I'm late this week again. I figured we'd do a little special edition, a little weekend edition of the Hey OK Ha Happy Hour. And I figured it's Friday afternoon. I can have a little sippy sip. I can have a little wet of the old beak there with a Templeton rye. Uh, you ever heard of Templeton rye? They are not a sponsor, so I don't want to speak too highly of them. Um, but it's allegedly out of Templeton, Iowa, which has a, uh, a unique history during the Prohibition age. Let me read this label to you. Templeton Rye. That's how they get you, right? On the labels. When you're drinking. Especially wine bottles. Looking for a wine. Let me read the back of this fucking bottle. And you, know, you start talking about the soil and the weather. and <laughs> But they really get you what to pair it with. Right? They tell you to pair it with something. You're 30% more likely to buy that shit. Pairs great with charred lamb chops. And medium rare steaks. Sold. I'm buying it. Give me two bottles. And where are the lamb chops? That's how they get you. Uh, anyway, this rye. Let me read this label. When Prohibition outlawed the manufacture and sale of alcoholic beverages in 1920, many enterprising residents of a small town in Iowa chose to become outlaws. You sold me right there. I don't even need to read the rest of the label. I'm buying it right there. Um, anyway, what does it say? Uh, over the course of its storied history, Templeton Rye and these bootleggers quickly brought notoriety to the tiny town of Templeton with a population of 362 people. It's a good story, right? It's a good story. Especially if you're from that area, you want to have a little, little pride. Hey, look at this. Because they sell it in, uh, it's not cheap. It is, it's, it's good, but it ain't cheap. But you can buy this shit anywhere. I just bought it in, the fuck town am I in? I'm in Pennsylvania somewhere. I'm a traveling man. A traveling man. I am in fucking Westchester. I'm somewhere east of Westchester. Somewhere west of Philadelphia. Do you really give a shit? Anyway, that's where I am. And I got the old Templeton right here. And I'm two sips in. Probably already sound drunk. Let me take a third one just so we make it sound accurate. Oh, but yeah, Templeton Rye. Here's here's the uh, fine print, though. This shit is not actually distilled in Templeton. Spoiler alert. In fact, it's not even distilled in Iowa. It's distilled in Indiana. Fucking Hoosiers. They're just using the Templeton because apparently it became like the rye or the whiskey to drink anything that was distilled in this little podunk town in western Iowa during the 20s and early 30s you knew it was good shit so if you were in a midwestern city like Kansas City 
uh, back in those days, which by the way, that city was a jumping back then. Kansas City was like probably, it was like the New Orleans of, of the time uh, for reasons that are probably not particularly interesting. But other if it's Chicago and you were at a speakeasy, you maybe listen to some jazz at a fucking jazz club, whatever they did, with those flappers flapping around in their pajamas and their shower caps, you were drinking some rye, some Templeton rye. That was the good shit. That was allegedly Al Capone's uh, whiskey of choice was the Templeton rye. Well, the shit that is sold right now as Templeton rye isn't necessarily made from the same people or even in the same place. It's a marketing ploy. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's distilled in Indiana. I got nothing against Indiana. Great basketball. Seem like a... I don't know. Actually, do I? I think Indiana's got some skeletons. Didn't the KKK start in Indiana? Isn't Indiana like a low-key, deep south state that like snuck up north a little bit? Doesn't Don't they have that vibe? Or am I just being a Yankee douche? I didn't notice that. Driving, uh, you, once you get past Indianapolis, which to me I thought was a northern Midwestern city, uh, once you get to Indianapolis, the accent changes. If you get that little bit of a southern drawl there, pull up in that, pull up in that strip mall, or not a strip mall, that exit ramp there to get a hamburger from McDonald's, you go to that cash register, and you're going to get some southern accents there. That's the worst southern accent ever. But this shit's distilled in Indiana. But here's what they do to, to make it technically... Templeton Rye. They ship it over to Templeton there, and then they bottle it. So the bottles are from Templeton, but the actual good stuff in the bottle, that's coming out of Indiana. You still with me? You still listening? Was it that? Was that the most boring breakdown of a drink ever? Could be. Let me drink another one while you think about that. Oh, a little bit more Templeton lore for you. <laughs> Templeton is in Carroll County, Iowa. I'm just going to lean into this Templeton story. I figure if we get, if you go so boring, it becomes not boring again. Uh, we're going to break down Templeton in, in, uh, in, in western Iowa. It's in Carroll County. Uh, I don't know if you listened to a, a podcast a few weeks ago. I mentioned um, being insulted at a college party by a frat douchebag. And the reason it stuck with me is because it was a very random, specific, and inaccurate uh, racial slur, <laughs> or not, not even a racial slur. Uh, he called me a Slovakian Jew motherfucker. Well, anyway, this guy was from Carroll County, the same county of this little town. Uh, even a little bit going deeper on Templeton, Iowa. You know Nick Nurse? You know that guy, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors? You know where his hometown is? Uh, it's not Templeton. Yeah, it's Carroll, Iowa, which is a few miles away, but it's in the same county. So that douchebag that called me a Slovakian Jew motherfucker, Nick Nurse, and this Templeton Rye all come from like a 20-mile radius in which like maybe 20,000 people live. Uh, that's a little Templeton, Iowa. A little Carroll County fun facts for you here on the Hey, Okay, Ha, Happy Hour. And I know you go to other podcasts and learn how to build a house, you know, learn how to get your credit in order. But are there any other podcasts where you can get really detailed information on random Western Iowa counties? Probably not. All right, guys. What is going I know I'm late this week. 
I'm I'm a bad I'm a bad example setting a bad example this week showing up two days late drinking whiskey on the job like some kind of traveling salesman I'm just a abiding my time been biding my time oh speaking of Biden. Jesus Christ, where to even start? Like how much, sorry about that. Ding! Everybody has that ringtone. Ringtone, whatever it is, the notification for a text. It's Pavlov's dog, I hear that shit. Huh, huh? Hand goes right to the pocket. What's become of us? What's become of us, people? Uh, Biden. What the hell, you couldn't find a, a better guy? Democrats, that's, that's the best, that's your best human you could produce to represent your side? Really? You tell me that's the best fucking human being you could produce. Some perverted pederast at best, likely pedophile, shill of big pharma. This guy is a senile old cracker that had... Where the fuck did you... How is it... I can't even talk. It's so obvious at this point that both parties are working for the same motherfuckers. How do you not know? Follow the money. There's a money trail. They're called campaign contributions. Banks, drug companies, military contractors fund both parties. And why do only two parties get public taxpayer money, by the way? Do you know that? The Democratic Party and the Republican Party fund their campaigns on taxpayer dollars. They're federally funded parties. Why? Why? Why should I be forced to give money to any political party, let alone one that I disagree with? Or in this case, two that I disagree with. The illusion of choice. The illusion of choice. Bing! Boop! Sorry. This guy's a pervert. I first met Joe Biden in 2006. This was 14 years ago. Did I ever tell you I, I used to be a reporter? I used to be a reporter. Which is a great job, by the way, for a young person. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit how the world works, work on your uh, communication skills. If, you gotta, if you're a good writer, but not too good of a writer. Because to be a good journalist, it really you, know, you want to be a mediocre writer. You don't want to be like a fucking novelist or... Or a screenplay writer. Screenplay writer? <laughs> I believe they're called screenwriters. Whatever you want to call them. Um, but yeah, be a newspaper reporter. Youngins, if you can, if you can, if they let you in, doesn't don't don't expect to get paid much, but uh, you'll meet interesting people, you'll travel, and depending on what kind of stories you do, you can avoid sitting under fluorescent lights in a cubicle for, you know, maybe you got to go in there a few hours here and there. Whatever, I'm rambling. Point is, this was when I was just a young college kid writing for the Daily Iowan, the campus newspaper of the uh, University of Iowa. Um, Now, so, you know, the Iowa caucus is such an important political charade thing. It's the first caucus, so... A lot of times presidential candidates would swing by, you know, a year in advance, kind of plant some seeds, so to speak, for their eventual 
presidential run. Well, in 2006, I was a, uh, uh, what the fuck was my beat? I forget what my beat was, but I was assigned to report on the congressional race in Iowa. This was between a guy named Loebsack, and Dave Loebsack and Jim Leach. This was for the U.S. Uh, representative, the House, the, the Congress. And during the lead-up to this election, Dave Loebsack, who was the Democratic challenger, had a little support. He had a little guy fly in to stump for him, to vouch for him in a Hy-Vee deli. You know what a Hy-Vee is? If you're not from the Midwest, you probably don't know what a Hy-Vee is. It's a grocery store. And that's where a lot of old folks will go in the deli off to the side, drink their coffee, uh, talk shit about the town folk, and generally just uh, piss away their social security. That's what they do. They sit in high V's. Turns out these people like to vote, and due to the early scheduling of the Iowa caucus, they kind of have a disproportionate pull on the whole democratic process. Well, presidential candidates know this, so they're always they're always coming to Iowa, fucking drinking coffee in these delis, telling people shit that they want to hear, right? And and Mr. Joe Biden is no different. So in late October, well, lead up to Halloween there, all the pumpkins are out, all the corn's turning brown, you got the scarecrows out. I drive on up there to, uh, where the fuck was it? Cedar Rapids? Yeah, Cedar Rapids, about 20 minutes away from Iowa City, to go do a little report, file a little news article for the Daily Iowan about this fucking Joe Biden coming into town to campaign for Dave Loebsack. Everybody knew Joe Biden back then even. He would go on to become the vice presidential candidate, but you all know that. But before that, he ran for president. So he's planting the seeds for his presidential run. Remember, this is 2006, so 2008 is another two years away. I go to this high V deli, and I notice Joe Biden, this guy from Delaware, is groping ladies. He's, he's grabbing them, and some of these ladies are giving kind of weird expressions. Now, I'm a college kid. This is one of my first articles. I assume I'm hallucinating. I assume there's no way this guy's a pervert. A, B, even if he was a pervert, he's not going to grope these farm ladies in front of everybody. There's cameras. Like, that, that would be insane. So I pulled up the article here. <laughs> this is, I, sorry. Let me put this shit on fucking mute for a, a, a little bit here. How many of you just reached for your phone pocket? Because you thought that was your text. Um, but my point is, I noticed this groping shit, and in the article I kind of mention it, but I, I mentioned it, I'll read it to you. So, uh, Cam Biden campaigns for Loebsack. Uh, while in eastern Iowa on Tuesday morning, Senator Joe Biden, Democrat Delaware, used his refined campaigning skills to bolster support for second district congressional candidate and fellow Democrat Dave Loebsack at two Cedar Rapids high V's. Um, I feel like I was a little bit pro-Biden, if anything. Remember, this was in 2006, so the whole Bush nightmare was really kind of coming into focus, just how far we had devolved as as far as our constitutional rights, uh, at this point, the spying program, although not well-known or mainstream, was known among aware people. Uh, people were turning against the Iraq war, and 
the Democratic Party really benefited from this because they campaigned on ending the Bush Wars, uh, repealing, re uh, revoking the Patriot Act, and prosecuting guys like Rumsfeld and um, some of those guys, Cheney, as war criminals. By every objective measure, what was done to Iraq was a war crime. And so <laughs> political discourse, <laughs> this, it's hard to believe now, but before the anti-war left was totally neutralized by the DNC and their propaganda apparatus, at this point, anti-war sentiment was very mainstream. In fact, that's what led to the Democratic Party taking over both houses in 2006, 2008, and indeed the presidency. Remember, Obama ran on hope and change. It's all about changing because we wanted to change this shit. Anti-war became very mainstream. That all went was swept under the rug during the eight years of Obama and Biden. But just to give you a little background here, so at this point, I'm a young kid. I'm I'm all for the Democratic Party at this point because we believe that the Republicans are the are the war party. They've been, you know, the neoconservatives have taken over the Republican Party and have ushered in this crazy era of imperialistic, uh, what do they call it, preemptive? Preemptive invasions. It's like, what the fuck? That's what Hitler used to justify invading everything. So, anyway, so that was the first paragraph. Biden, who announced in June 2005 that he will run for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2008, schmoozed with Delhi patrons at a high V on Cedar Rapids North End for around an hour. The 63-year-old senator took an up-close and personal approach when it came to introductions, often clasping the hands or grabbing the shoulders of those with whom he conversed. That's what I assumed I was seeing. Because when you're seeing a guy perched behind a woman and his hands are on her shoulders, and then he moves his hands down and she makes a funny face, logically, you think that guy just groped her below the shoulders, but you didn't see the hands. You just see the woman's face, and you only saw his hands on her shoulders. So when you go and write the fucking article, you know, I, that's what I mentioned. The shoulders and the, and the hands thing. This guy was a creep, I'm telling you. But I didn't have the courage. And you couldn't get away with that either. It's, an, it's supposed to be an objective news article. What if I just went off on a rant about, oh, this guy's a pervert, I can tell you people. He's grab. I should have talked to the ladies. That's another thing. But I was young, dumb, and to be honest, just assumed I was like hallucinating. And to be honest, I was biased in favor of Joe Biden, because I was, I was probably even a card-carrying Democrat at that point, because it was all about get rid of the Republicans. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed of myself, but that's what I fucking wrote. But here's what really gets me. Uh, so here, remember, the Democrats took power by spouting this anti-war bullshit, because they remember they, they continued on Bush's policies. In fact, they ratcheted it up. By using drones. But check out this quote. Here's what he, still, he just really said in the deli. Here's what I quote him on. Where the fuck is it? There it is. Um, staying true to the political, both Biden and Lobsack were quick to decry the Bush administration's unpopular policies. Here's his quote. His war in Iraq, by his own intelligence community's acknowledgement, has promoted terrorism, not hurt it, said Biden. Then he went on to say, if the Democrats win this race, I think you'll see a fundamental shift in foreign policy in the U.S. 
because a democratically controlled House of Representatives will put a break on Bush's dangerous policies. <laughs> if I only had a time machine. At the time, it sounded reasonable. In 2006, it sounded somewhat believable when guys like Biden and Obama, Kerry, John Edwards, when these empty suits, these fucking actors, would get in front of cameras and crowds and delis and bars and tell them that they were going to reverse Bush's foreign policy. It seemed believable, but they weren't. They had no intention of ever doing that. Once they got into power, they ratcheted that shit up, and guess what? They had an easier time of it because the anti-war at this point was neutralized. Because the anti-war seems to only give a fuck when a Republican is behind a war. Because the DNC gives them marching orders? I don't know. I don't know why you take the marching orders. At a certain point, I would tell them to go fuck themselves. Especially if they're going to repeatedly give you these shit bought-off candidates like Joe Biden. Follow the money. The Democrats and Republicans get their money from the same sources. Am I repeating myself? Yes, I am. But it bears repeating. This isn't some wacky conspiracy. It's, it's public knowledge. It's a matter of public record who they are beholden to. It's a matter of public record. Oh, God. But I don't need to look up the public records because I can trust journalists to give me the straight scoop. No, you can't. I don't... Why? Here's what I don't I never get. I don't understand. So, so Obama and Trump are, are. I don't. I don't really see the difference as far as their policy. I don't see anything that Trump is doing that Obama didn't do. He's putting kids in cages. Yeah. So did Obama. There's a Reuters story you can read. I mean, this is this isn't unique to Trump. What's unique is the media's depiction of it. I don't. You know, it seemed like during the Obama years, the media w- was pro Obama. I got the impression anyway, I could be wrong, but when I would consume mainstream news sources between 2008 and 2016, they seem to be pro-Obama administration. It seems now, and I could be wrong, that most media outlets are anti-Trump. And I've noticed that people I know that watch, like television consumption and hatred of Trump are positively correlated. I find that fascinating. You can predict how anti-Trump a person is based on how many hours of television they consume a day. The more television they consume, the more anti-Trump they are. Now, I'm anti-Trump, but I don't need a TV to tell me to be anti-Trump. Because that same TV was telling me to be pro-Obama. Bella, can you hear that raindrop? Can you hear the raindrops? Raindrops keep falling on my head. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause here and let this rain die down. I don't want to I don't want to distract you. How about I distract you with some ad copy? Uh, Octane Inc. specializes in sorry vehicle wraps, snowmobile wraps, custom apparel, and race car lettering. With a deep history in motorsports and a love for anything fast, Octane Inc. has quickly become the Midwest's premier one-stop shop. Anything you want customized, whether it's a business logo, personal monogram, they can make it happen. Visit Octane Inc. LLC today or find them on any social media platform. That's Octane Inc. LLC.com. We are also brought to you by Baba G DIY Edible Plants. Plants? <laughs> edible kits. I suppose the plants are edible too. 
uh, you know, these guys, do you like candy? Do you like cannabis? Do you like the best of both worlds? Well, they have candy kits that are going to provide a great mixture. Uh, you provide the cannabis. They provide the candy. The following announcement is brought to you by our new sponsor, Overpriced Edibles LTD. If you love overpaying for edibles, look no further. Just visit your nearest edible purveyor and gobble up those untested, expensive, pre-made edibles. Why would you want to customize your own with Baba G's DIY edible kit when you can let your local regulatory commission decide what dose is right for you? Don't create your own delicious Baba G sour gummy candy. Instead, slowly die inside and just consume whatever edibles the crown allows. This message was brought to you by pay-to-play regulated markets and definitely not Baba G DIY edibles found at OregonBaba.com or if you want to be a douche, OregonBaba.com And lastly, for the pallid folks, need some sunscreen? Are you worried about Weird chemicals in your pores? Well, look no further than Mountain Mud. Mountain Mud Sunscreen is a biodegradable, reef-safe, CBD-infused sunscreen made with organic food-grade ingredients using non-nanotized zinc oxide as the only active ingredient. Each 2.5-ounce tin has 200 milligrams of CBD isolate and is based on an FDA-approved recipe. It is SPF 35, water-resistant for a minimum of 40 minutes and shelf-stable for two years. Available for purchase at mountainmudsunscreen.com. Again, that's mountainmudsunscreen.com. Hey, I know my enunciation isn't the best there, but not bad for a guy who's finishing a, a Templeton rye. I can't feel my tongue. I can't feel my mouth. I don't know what's going on. I feel like my inhibitions are gone. I want to go to Taco Bell. I want to call my ex-girlfriend and invite her to the Taco Bell. Uh, what else do you do when you're drunk? Eat carbs? God damn it. I'm trying to wrap this shit up by finishing this drink, but I'm sipping it. I'm not going to take it like a shot. So, guys, let's review now. What was I, what was I ranting about? Some story I, I wrote as a college kid? A cub reporter? about Joe Biden, uh, the moral of that story is trust your perceptions. Trust, trust the five senses that God, nature, whatever name you call it, gave you. So when you see a creepy old guy groping ladies in a Hy-Vee deli, maybe approach the ladies and say, hey, uh, uh, not for nothing noticed, made a little face there when the old man put his hand down. He didn't happen to grab your tush there, did he? Uh, I'd probably have to word that question better. I don't know, how do you go about asking a lady who may, may have just been sexually assaulted? Is it assault? You know, something weird just, how do you ask her if uh, that happened? And, 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 and here's the fucked up thing. These ladies get groped, they think they're hallucinating. It seems too crazy. This guy didn't just grab my ass. He didn't just slip a middle finger up my crotch there. He said, no way this guy did that. He's a respectable politician. Isn't it weird how, like, politicians, you put them in a fucking suit. What is it about suits and ties that makes even guys that are clearly degenerate slobs look respectable? Is it the cut of the cloth? Is it we just associate it with, I don't know what it is. But these fucking politicians, you put them in a suit and we're shocked when they're shitheads. It's like, they're fucking politicians. We should be shocked when they're decent. Right? It's like the old scorpion, what's the parable? 
some frog or some animal wants to cross a, uh, get across the river, a scorpion wants to cross a river, he convinces a fish, hey, let me ride your back. The fish is like, no, you're going you're gonna to stab me, or you're going to sting me. You stab me with your stinger there, and I don't want to get stung by a scorpion. So no, fuck you. I'm not going to give you a ride across the river. The scorpion's like, no, I promise I'm not going to sting you. So what's the fish do? He believes the scorpion. Fucking rookie mistake. So the fish gives a ride to the scorpion across the river. And as the scorpion gets off the fish onto the other bank there, what's the scorpion do? Stings the fucker right in the back. And the fish, like an idiot, looks up at the scorpion all wall-eyed, saying, what the fuck you told me? You weren't going to sting me. And the scorpion's like, yeah. I'm a fucking scorpion. What'd you expect? That's how I get with these politicians. No, not a politician. A politician would never sexually assault a lady. It's like, that's the whole point. These are the people that should be under the, what, most scrutiny? Guys, I'm slurring my speech. Let me finish this drink. You finish your drink. Get your weekend started, huh? Get your weekend started right here on this weekend edition of the Hey Okay Ha happy hour. I know it was a little short this time, but I think, I think I'm doing you a favor um, cutting this short. My opinions are already, you know, retarded. You don't need alcohol on top of it. So let's cut this guy short. Guys, you have a great week. Uh, we're going to get back on a regular schedule next week. I promise you. I promise you. And if I don't, I'm going to play this shit back just to remind myself what a what an empty promiser I am. So I'm going to hold myself to it. We're going to get back on a third. I think we're going to do Thursday. Thursday schedule from here on out. That's a good day. That's a good day because it's past the hump day. It's not quite the weekend. Uh, gives you something to do maybe at work uh, for all 20 of you listening. Anyway, guys, I hope you have a great week. Uh, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Bye-bye. <laughs>